Hi guys, it's Jess. Welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast. And if you are new here, welcome just period without the back, sans back. I'm so happy that you are joining me. This is the space where I discuss all things style, wellness, pop culture, and whatever else I feel like talking about from week to week. It's been a minute. Y'all know how I do over here. We're a little inconsistent. Life be life in, but I'm doing my best managing my day job so that I can pay my bills and talking to you guys to keep myself entertained and hopefully help you guys to be entertained. Hopefully I'm in your wheelhouse of joy. Shouts out to Shan Boudram. We'll talk about her later. And hopefully you learn a little bit here as well. You know, I don't like to be preachy, but I do like to be, you know, suggestive in a good way. Like when I was little, I was told that I was bossy. I don't think I'm bossy. Like I'm not a good leader. I'm a great follower. I'm a pushy follower. I'm a follower who's like closer to the front of the line who's like, hey, I have some suggestions, but it's cool if you don't take them. That's me. Anywho, let's kick off this episode like I always do with a fashion tip. It's July, okay? One of the good and bad things about my birthday being at the end of the month, July 30th, shouts out to the Leos, is that it's harder to find a lot of what I'm looking for for my birthday because stores are clearing out their summer things and ushering in their fall things, right? Like early fall, pre-fall, back to school stuff starts kind of kicking off. It makes the the summer feel very short for the end of season sales to start at the end of July when arguably we have a lot more warm weather to go. This also frustrated me when I would do back to school shopping with my mom. She would be buying me all these warm weather clothes and it's like, hun, this is Atlanta. We still have several more weeks of it being hot as hell. Can we space it out? Let's not buy heavy sweaters. Anywho, take advantage of the end of season sales because you still can find some really good transitional things or if there are some items that maybe you want to save for a resort style getaway, there are things that you can buy now that you can make work for like pre-fall, even if you layer up. It's just a good time to buy things. I went to one of my favorite stores that I I still do not know if I'm pronouncing this store correctly. And I've had them tell it to me several times and I don't ever remember. It's spelled R-E-I-S-S. They are having a really good end of season sale Things are marked down up to 60% off, really good investment pieces, especially for work, Um, and a little bit of like wedding stuff. I am a huge fan of that brand. I promise I do shop somewhere other than Aritzia. My other thing is that if you, sometimes we have to talk a little beauty, if you, I really wanted to start singing that Silk song right there, but I'm not going to do that to y'all, have been experiencing dry hair. I might be late to the game, but Mazzani makes a live a leave-in conditioner spray that has changed my life. My life. It's called Miracle Milk, and legit, I don't know what happened to my hair, but it got crazy, crazy dry 
um, in the winter. And my hair usually doesn't get dry in the winter. But um, I tell my stylist, and that's something that you should do. You should be talking to your hairstylist about your hair in between visits to make sure that you're maintaining it so that when you come back, they don't have to work with just like some hair that they don't even understand they never seen before. Like help them help you. Anyway, I told her my in-between hairstyles weren't holding. I feel like my hair is dry. Something's wrong. So we changed my regimen. I started using some Aveda products. Um, I really think that combined with the Miracle Milk leave-in got my hair to a really good, gorgeous place so that my hairstylist felt comfortable bleaching my hair blonde. And that's where we are now. Those products are on my Like to Know It. I will put a link in the episode description if you want to shop. Stay tuned. I have some gripes that I want to get off my chest because I'm about to be 35 and I'm really going to lean into the crotchety part of my older age. So stay tuned. All right, guys, let's get right into it. I have a couple of gripes, a couple of questions, a couple of suggestions of things that have been in my DMs, in my um, on my Insta, in my iMessages, things that I've been discussing with friends. So I want to bring the conversation to you guys. First of all, let's discuss pink sauce. Pink is my favorite color, just like any other basic bitch, okay? I love pink. I was born into pink. There's so much, like mythology of the color pink in my life that's not really important here maybe I'll put it in my memoirs at a later time however I'm not eating something called pink sauce that has not been FDA approved here's a story real quick okay because I'm trying not to keep y'all all day so a creator um who fancies herself a chef okay um made a pink sauce and sold and distributed it to people it has not actually been FDA tested. She actually went live today to say that she does not sell a medical something. It's not a drug, so why would the food and drug... Well, I don't think that she knew that the F stood for food. So she was wondering why the FDA would be involved. And it was like, sweetie, let's... Mm. So this pink sauce that apparently has an indescribable flavor... Um, I don't know where it was made. It was shipped in bags with uh, no real preservatives. So people got bottles that were leaking. People got bottles that were sour or foul smelling in her defense. She offered refunds and sent replacement bottles. But here's what. That don't sound safe. That don't sound right. I want to know why you guys purchased that. Was it because you wanted to support a black business? That's great if so, but let's be careful. Um, but again, keeping things in perspective, we don't really inspect the ingredients of everything that we eat anyway, right? But we do assume that the things that are in stores or sold in restaurants are safe to consume, right? Um, maybe don't purchase food products that haven't gone through that same scrutiny, right? Like I'm sure hot Cheetos are like, filled with like bad for you chemicals, but we still eat them because like we know that those bad for you chemicals are not so bad that they will immediately take us out the game, right? This is also like, it makes me think about like 
in my family and in several families that I know, everybody has like an auntie or a cousin who makes really good cakes, right? It's one thing to say, call around there to Aunt Shirley's house and see if, she'll, if she can make a cake for such and such as baby shower. It would be a totally different thing if we started trying to manufacture cakes for national sale out of my mom's uninspected kitchen. And, you know, like we weren't providing an ingredient list. Like Glamour did an interview with this woman. Her responses just were questionable to me, but who am I? Um, here's where my issue comes in. There were people dragging her online. I do not take pleasure in seeing someone dragged. However, what I do take issue with is people misplacing victimhood because someone decided that they um, felt that this was an unfair attack on a black woman and black women are expected to be so perfect every time we do things and we just never give black women any leeway. Here's what. You're absolutely right. Black women are a dually oppressed group. Um, and there are several other intersections depending on how you identify. Um, if you are, you know, able body, all these different things, right? There's a lot of different ways that black women can be further marginalized. We are up against a lot. However, that does not absolve us of legitimate critique you're not going to hide behind the ways in which we are treated unfairly to not be held accountable for your mistake. Like the way that she's responding to this is very much like, oh my gosh, I make it such a big deal out of nothing. It's not nothing. When you are giving people something that they're ingesting into their bodies, it matters. It's a thing and people have the right to call you out. Now, no one should be saying anything harmful to you, but it's like, are we supposed to pretend that people aren't having the experience that they're having because you're a black woman? No, that's ridiculous. That's unreasonable. I don't want to hear that. Don't, don't, don't bastardize what we go through as an excuse for your poor decision-making. Like, don't, don't play with us like that. Speaking of misplaced victimhood, so Jordan Peele's Nope has premiered. It's doing really well. I don't know if I'm going to go see it because I don't think that I'm in a place where I can see a horror movie. Life feels scary enough for me right now. So due to the success of this movie, some people started just out of nowhere. I never found the source of it. If you found the source of it, slide in the comments and let me know. But someone decided that now would be a good time to, unprovoked, right, compare Zendaya and Kiki Palmer's careers. Kiki Palmer stars in this movie. Um, Kiki Palmer is a, a very talented person who remains booked. She remains a great source of memes. Like, she's a really entertaining person, right? So people were saying that because Zendaya is fairer skinned, um, has, you know, a certain texture of hair and a certain body type and all these things that she's further along in her career than, um, than Kiki Palmer is. And that, um, kind of saying that like Kiki Palmer has been slighted because she's 
darker skinned and doesn't have this, you know, soft texture of hair, whatever, whatever. And they were using this as an example of colorism. Now, I read that and I was like, oh, okay, well, where did this come from? Did something happen? Like, did Kiki Palmer say something? Like, what happened? What made me really, really excited is Kiki Palmer's response, which is... <clears throat> A great example of colorism is to believe I can be compared to anyone. I'm the youngest talk show host ever, the first black woman to start in her own show on Nickelodeon, and the youngest and first black Cinderella on Broadway. I'm an incomparable talent. Baby, this is Kiki Palmer. I've been a leading lady since I was 11 years old. I have over 100 plus credits and currently starring in an original screenplay that's the number one film at the box office. Hashtag nope. I've had a blessed career thus far. I couldn't ask for more, but God continues to surprise me. I was so happy that she responded in that way because I think it's important that we don't project our experiences or our observations onto other people's success, onto other people, period, especially in a public way. I'm really happy that she was like, I'm not a victim here. I do really well in my own right. And for you to compare me to someone who is lighter skinned as if I'm not also doing really well, that's colorism. And I was really happy that she said that because who asked for who asked you for that who she didn't say that she that she felt mistreated she didn't say that that was true for her i just it, it felt like such an unprovoked and unnecessary comparison to make um so i was really happy that she responded in that way so another thing that my friends and i have been discussing is the conversation on submission that simply will not die right People are constantly on Twitter and Instagram talking about how women should submit and it is in the Bible and all of these things. This was really, really highlighted when one of my favorite content creators, um, Shan Boudram, featured, let me get her name because y'all know my memory is like, what? Um, Jasmine Brown, who is a... Uh, a host of the ladies room on Sirius XM. Um, she's a stand-up comedian, actress, writer, influencer, the things, right? Gorgeous, gorgeous girl. She was on Shan Boudram's podcast, Lovers and Friends. I highly recommend you guys give it a listen. Shan Boudram, I've talked about her on my podcast before. I'm a huge fan. She is a love and um, sex and relationship scholar. I think she talks about things in a really interesting and holistic way. I really respect the integrity with which she discusses topics that I don't think I'm capable of discussing in such a thoughtful way. So I really enjoy her platform. And this woman was um, on an episode where she said that her biggest flex is how she takes care of her man. And she takes a huge amount of pride in babying her man. And the clip was going around and she was talking about the clip, you know, doesn't give the, the full scope of things. Right. She's listing all the ways in which she babies her her husband or her partner, her boyfriend. Um. As an aside, I kind of think that this is like a form of kink, but I'm not sure. I'm not well versed enough 
to speak on it. But I think that when people want to be, and I think the same thing about um, women who say that they like to be treated like a princess or like the most delicate thing in the world. I understand wanting someone to treat you with softness and compassion, but when it rolls over into that, I think that's kind of a kink. But anyway, um, she talks about how she packs his bag. She reads his mind to um, to know his needs before he needs them. And she scratches his back to sleep. And she has been known to love people back to health and these things. And here's what. I have a huge issue just with the term submission. Um, it just makes me think of a dog. I think that in partnership, man, woman, trans, non-binary, however you identify, people should take care of each other. And I don't think that any one person should be expected to take care of another person unreasonably just based on gender roles. Um I, that that just I think that you have to be more flexible in life than that. I I think that frigid things break easier, and you cannot be so not frigid rigid things break easier. I don't think that you can be so rigid in your rules and your view of the world that you cannot be flexible enough to do what's actually best from moment to moment because life will life and sometimes that shit just don't make sense. So that's my issue with submission. I think that people should take care of each other. Now, if you listen to the full interview, you hear her, um, Shan asks her some very thoughtful questions. And I also watched some other creators um, respond to, to this interview where she says that her friends ask her how her relationship is going and her response is that he's spoiled. He's so spoiled because that's her her biggest flex in her life is how well she takes care of her man. That gave me pause. And the reason it gave me pause is because she completely excluded herself. But how are you in the relationship? How is y'all's relationship? Your response to the question about how y'all's relationship is is that he's spoiled. What about you? Um I have questions. Shan asked her, you know, what do, does he do these things in return? Do you feel that you can? She was now what the, what uh, Jasmine was saying um, is that she admires how vocal Shan is about um, when she's displeased with things in the relationship. And she's like, you really just like tell your husband like when you're unhappy with something. And she was just like so blown away by this. And Shan's like, yes, I do. And she's like, you know, do you not do that in your relationship? And she's like, you know, I really pick and choose my battles. Like if I'm going through something, I go cry in the shower. I know how to handle me. I feel like I've been through so much. I know how to handle more than you know how to handle. So I, I want to handle your stuff for you and I can handle my stuff. You know, I can cry in the shower. That is devastating to me. That you pour so much into someone that you don't even f feel compelled to tell them how to pour back into you. What exactly do you get out of this relationship? Because apparently she dates a very wealthy person and that's all well and good. Um, don't get me wrong. We live in a capitalist society. Financial and material provisions are important. But when you are giving to someone to this extent... Um, where you're basically taking care of them in a maternal way, I need to know what you get out of it. Not even in a transactional way, but I just know that you can't pour from an empty cup. At what point is this person pouring into you? And that's a part of the 
the conversation that's missing for me when people start talking about how women are allegedly supposed to take care of men, speaking heteronormatively, I never really hear how the man is also taking care of the woman in a holistic way. Again, financial and tangible provisions are important, but life is about more than that. You also need someone who can hold space for you emotionally and mentally and spiritually um, because like I and I don't really believe in the 50-50 thing. I don't think that life is that that black and white. I think that sometimes it's 80-20, sometimes it's 40-60. Like things shift, right? And I what I'm confused about is what do those women ever get out of providing this holistic support to a man who only provides for them financially, if that. I cannot imagine um going through the loss that my friends and family are going through right now and being with a person who only knows how to show up for me financially. His life is just about more than that. It's a huge part of it, but life's about more than that. And that just, it made me really uncomfortable. I encourage you guys to listen to the entirety of that interview because she said a lot of things that revealed to me that this was just more of a trauma response than anything. I think that it's actually a little bit manipulative. I'm not well versed enough on this to say it like as a fact, but from my observation, this seems like a really manipulative way to deal with someone where it's almost like you want them to be crippled or dependent on you so that they won't leave. I think it's a very fear-based way to date where you're like, I'm going to be absolutely everything to this person so that they won't leave or abandon me. And the truth is, if that person has a certain kind of attachment style or their kind of own trauma, you will not do anything to make a person stay who doesn't want to stay. So running yourself ragged and pouring from an empty cup is not going to be the answer to a long-lasting, healthy, joyful relationship. It's just not like there is no trick to it. And that to me is more like manipulation than just a thing that you genuinely want to do. I have gotten to a place where I really like giving gifts. I really like to give like thoughtful gifts. Um, I like to do things that make people feel special. I like to do things that make people feel seen and taken care of. I, I absolutely love doing that. What I love even more is that I, I can do that for people and know that it's reciprocated. And I'm not saying that in a transactional way. It's it's a thing that I like I know in my spirit, I'm happy to do this for you because I know that you would do the same for me. I know that this is a reciprocal relationship and I'm giving from, you know, a really pure and joyful place just out of the goodness of my heart. But I also know that you will pour back into me. That makes me really happy. I also love taking care of the people who I love, but I'm not going to run myself ragged for anyone. Um, and I just want people to know that it's okay to prioritize yourself in such a way that you can be a better partner, a better friend, a better, you know, whatever to the people in your life. But your your output isn't going to be what you think it's going to be if you are giving, giving, giving and never getting anything back, even from yourself. Are you extending to yourself the grace and the compassion and the time and the effort that you are putting into this man so that you can have this relationship. And if you are, that's great. If you have a, a, a balance where you guys are both holding each other up and, and all of the things, that's great. 
But I just want for the people who are constantly preaching about submission to also tell us, what are you getting out of this in a way where it makes sense for you, where you are also being fulfilled? That's my question. Um, so my last gripe, I keep seeing really stupid ass headlines. And I say this as like a writer who... I face a lot of rejection for stories and stuff that I pitch. So when I see some of these headlines, I'm like, y'all can think of shit else to write. Like, I know I have sent y'all, like, great stories that have, like, sat in inbox and died. But this is the shit that you're putting out. Example. I saw an outlet do an entire piece about the significance of white tank tops as a wardrobe staple. And... They're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. And it's like, well, yeah, hun, that's why it's called a wardrobe staple. What are you talking about? Then I saw something where like a major um, magazine outlet talked about how young people are now ordering martinis. And they did this drawn out piece about how martinis used to be a drink of New York of the past. And now young people are ordering them. Why is that? And then I saw one that it was so confusing. I wish I had screenshot it. Yeah, it was one of the most confusing blurbs I'd ever seen in my life. It was something like, do you feel like you're just not a part of the vibe right now? Are you not even sure what the vibe is? And I was like, bitch, is this a parody? Like, what is these? Here's what I think. I think that people are in an identity crisis and I think that people are glomming onto anything to make a personality out of it. Like I jokingly posted that the dress I bought that I mentioned at the top of this episode in the caption where I posted it, I said that this dress has become my personality, I fear. Because people are just trying to build a personality out of anything these days. People are trying so hard to identify and maybe it's for posterity because it is a really interesting time and we do need to document what's happening in the world so that when people look back on this time, hopefully we have a future for people to look back on because global warming. Anyway, um, that they can have a, a full understanding of, of what life was like for us, right? Like history is important, right? But I do feel that people are trying really, really hard to make a thing out of nothing all the time. Everything is not like a zeitgeist kind of thing. And I'm really seeing this in our corner of social media where everything is an aesthetic. Everything is an era. Everything is labeled in this way, right? It's like, I'm in my soft era where I did it. And it's like, that sounds an awful lot like you're just living life to me. And then it's like, um, what's the other aesthetic that I'm just like, what are you, what are you talking? There's so many different ones right now. Um, for whatever reason, I'm drawing a blank, but right now I can only think of like the soft aesthetic, which is, it's interesting because it leans heavily on a specific kind of anti-blackness to me where it's like it's one thing for you to just say that you love like a natural beat um you know natural natural hair that's not too blah 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 you know whatever whatever you can say what you like without denigrating the people who don't like the thing right like I feel like that has to be possible and it's like it feels like it's in response to like wigs and nails and um, like the Fashion Nova kind of, you know, 
BBL fashion thing. If that's not your vibe and, you know, you prefer blah, 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 this certain kind of palette, these things, why can't it just be that that's just what you like? Why does it have to be an aesthetic and an era? And, you know, I'm really just, it, it just sounds so pretentious to me. And it's like, it's also kind of giving black girl luxury. Babe, you can't build a personality out of the fact that you buy expensive things. I'm sorry, but you can't. It's like, great for you. These things look really cute. Your closet seems really cool. You don't seem like a fun person. You don't seem like a person because your personality is black girl luxury. And like, okay, what do you want us to say? What do you want us to do with this information? I guess it's just, why not, just, like, that really annoying Kourtney Kardashian clip that goes around where she's like, my vibe right now is just living life. Why isn't that it? Why aren't we just living life and doing what feels good and learning what doesn't and pivoting as such? Like, why do we need to give an identity and a label to every single thing. I feel like I'm being very repetitive. But someone did tweet something that I found very profound because you guys know I try to approach things with curiosity over conviction. Um, I don't want to judge people for their choices. I want to know why they make those choices. I'm very, very curious about people. And this person said that as Black people who were displaced from our home. We were brought to a country where we still aren't necessarily free. We are still quite marginalized and oppressed. It makes sense that we are constantly searching for identity, searching for who we are, looking for ways to identify all of those things. That is absolutely fair. That absolutely makes sense. Um, and I can, I can definitely understand that. Where I think it becomes harmful though, is that it, it kind of sometimes gives a supremacy kind of thing where it's like this way is so much better than the other way and I don't know how y'all are da 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 da. We are all are on, a, on our own path and if you have decided that you are escaping survival mode, you are coming into a place of healing where you want to show yourself more compassion, you want to show more compassion to other people, you want to live life with more ease, you, you know, want to accept help when it's offered, you want to seek help when things become too difficult. That is all beautiful and that's amazing. But why does it have to be in response to the strong black woman trope? Why does it have to be... I'm not, I'm not a strong black woman. I don't want to be labeled as that. Da, 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 da. I'm sorry, but there is also nothing wrong with being a strong black woman. Why can't both things be true at the same time? A huge part of it, like being soft, being compassionate in a world where you haven't received that also requires a certain amount of strength. I don't think that those things are mutually exclusive. And I think it's also kind of shitty to the women who had to be strong for you to kind of vilify that identity. People are as strong as they have to be and to make it out to be some sort of like bad thing that black women have managed to survive when they have been given less. 
I have a problem with that. I am a strong black woman who also is vulnerable and has needs and wants to be coddled and validated every now and again. I have no problem at I'm like days away from being 35. I finally learned how to tell people when I need to be validated. I don't always want you to give me the hard truth. Sometimes, like I have some friends that I tell them, hey, I'm in a delicate place today. I can't handle that. So if you can't speak to me, um, if you can't talk to me nice, talk to me later. I don't have it today. I'm, I'm both things. I'm all things. You don't have to just lean really hard into one way. You don't have to sacrifice one thing for the other. That's just just something to think about. It's, again, no tea, no shade to anybody, but let's be cognizant of the things that we're saying. In celebration of one of one thing, you don't have to denigrate another. Just something to think about. So as I sign off, I have a shit ton of well wishes for you, okay? I hope that your pillow is always cool. I hope that you find some surprise money from somewhere. I hope that the meetings that you don't want to have get canceled. I hope that the humidity does not work against your hairstyle. I hope that an item you have been eyeing goes on a deep, deep discount in specifically your size and color choice. I hope that just when you think you ran out of something, you remember that you have a spare of it somewhere else and it's right there for you. I hope that your spirit is somehow renewed, even though you might have been feeling like shit. I hope that you wake up one day with just a renewed spirit and a positive sense of self. I hope that you give to yourself all the compassion and grace and kindness that you so freely give to other people that you also deserve. I hope that your crush responds to you in a way that gives you hope in the possibility of romantic love. I hope that this podcast has been entertaining and joyful and giving you some things to think about. And I hope that you will send me some money for my birthday. So take care. Love you all. And we will talk soon. Hopefully sooner than later. We'll see how I feel. Okay. Bye.